a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Plays edition of Footy Talk, one you cannot afford to miss. I'm James Graham, joined by Connor Watson and Greg Inglis. We're going to be talking about a player's perspective on the RLPA versus the NRL. And we'll be touching on players' clauses and talking about Tino and Fafita in their contract saga. Hello and welcome everybody to Footy Talk. I'm James Graham. Hello to you, Connor Watson. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to have you in. Yeah. Uh, GI, how are you? Yeah, a little bit tired. Been on the road and, and, you know, baby never had a really good sleep last night. Uh, I had to come in early this morning for a meeting, but wouldn't change it. It's all good. I'll get home and have a rest. In-laws will take baby for a little bit. The dad will be having a little bit of nap time as well. Yes, yes. Dad will be having, I'll say two hours, but I reckon I'll have an hour sleep and then go pick baby up. Yeah, I was going to say two hours. Are you crossing yeah. over nap into the full-on sleep? Yeah, right and then I'm just then I'm pushing you it. And I feel guilty. Keep going for the next day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it different now? Like, because you're not playing, and with your sleep compared to like, if I don't sleep properly and I've got to go and train and play and stuff, I just wig out completely. And I reckon all the boys would be the same. I'm, so I know, like, when guys have kids and stuff, they'll just go and sleep in the other room and like let yeah. the missus <laughs> look, <laughs> look after it like when now that you're finished is it sweet just not to no, or you still get rattled by it oh you still get rattled you know you still get rattled by it because it's broken sleep she's only three months now so it's gone from two hours pushing out to three hours and you know we're cheering if she gets you know to three hours but last night she had a little bit of wind belly ache so squirming all night up and it's down. Like every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thankless task. <laughs> lay, off, lay off the chili corner. Um, <laughs> any parent out there that, you, you, like, you just wouldn't change it. It's one of the best things you, you'll ever have. It is, but sleep mm. deprivation is a form of torture. <sighs> Speaking yes. of torture, <laughs> the CBA negotiations. Not a pay dispute, as some are making it out to be. It's not a pay dispute. It's a CBA dispute over lots of rights and regulations and information and power and control. Connor Watson, I'll come to you first. As an active <laughs> player, where are we at? What are the sticking points? Yeah, so it's quite a big issue, this. Uh, it's been an interesting week as far as... It's been quite funny to like take a step back and look at some of the agendas that are being pushed out there, like you said, ar- around the pay stuff. They keep bringing up the pay stuff, but it's not. Like the, the money is all agreed on. Um, and, you know, I feel like there's a bit of pressure on me right now to, to um, really, really get all this stuff across. But, yeah, it's about, you know, different rights and, and issues and, you know, like one in particular, which uh, Clint Newton spoke about, is like the, the agreement rights on changes to, to the game. So, for example, they set a cap of like they wanted to set a cap of up to two games that they could just add in the calendar without actually consulting the RLPA. You boys know how hard it is to get through 24 games and then for them just to be able to chuck another two on without actually consulting the players, like that's quite a big deal. What do they have? Have they already spoken about putting the two extra games on? No, nah, well, two so, extra rounds. Well, no, they just set a cap. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they like, could potentially uh, yeah. add up to two games without 
consultation of the players where if they were to do three extra games, then they'd have to consult Then they'd have the to come to us. Oh, okay. But adding like two games on is, Nelly, it's just under like 10%. That's like you working for 40 hours a week and then your boss comes up to you and says, oh, you're doing 43 hours now. Yeah. Doesn't ask you to do 43 hours. You like you don't get overtime for this. It's just that's what you're doing now. And then that, and they don't think that that's an issue that changes like the material of the game. And then you start to add more games on and like does the quality of the competition then drop? Because we're seeing high injury rates already at the moment the way it is. Yeah, like having two extra games, like if it was to potentially go ahead, you know, most of the listeners out there listening to this here think it's, oh, yeah, you know, it's just two extra 80 minutes, but it's far from it. It's not that. It's the training. It's the recovery. It's, you know, if you get injured in one of those prior to that, you know, those extra two, well, then, you you know, you're sitting out mm. or depends how bad the injury is. It's a lot of work. You know, I'm I'm not across the CBA. I was, like I said, I've been on the road, but, you know, it seems like there's a lot that's going on beyond the scenes that's not out in the media yet. Part of me is, is on some issues with the RLPA. Part of me on some other issues are with the NRL. What ones are they, Jimmy? Well, with the NRL, possibly the control of funds uh, and not giving complete control to the RLPA. Some of the, the use of data. You're happy with the use of data? I'm I'm, I'm a bit split on it. I, so I, that's one, sorry, that's one of the issues that I'm split with. I don't know why the international game has come into consideration. I, I thought that was up to the International Rugby League to sort that out. I didn't know that was a, an NRL issue. It's not, but they're trying to make this agenda that it is, that how good of a deal is that for the international game. But the reason why the Australian players and state of origin is paid out of this agreed fund of money is because one, the ARL is the NRL. So it's the same, yeah. same body. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the origin is part of the, the rights. That's, that's one of the, they're three of the games that are in the, the money that comes from, from the broadcast. Yeah. The broadcast deal, part of the rights with channel nine is three state of origin games. Yes, and also a trans-Tasman test. But the revenue for the New Zealand players goes straight to the New Zealand Rugby League, and then they pay the players accordingly. Whatever they see fit. Yes. And then what the NRL is saying, okay, so we've agreed on this money, but we want you guys to pay for everyone to have the same match fees out of that money that's there. Not the revenue that's going to be made from these games that they're going to play. It should be a separate entity. It should be a separate entity. It's completely, completely separate. And that's their big thing at the moment is like, we've offered this, you guys turn that down. But when you actually look at it, it should be coming from the revenue that that game makes. That's And like people are happy to split payments. Everyone wants like to be equal and get equal payments, but it just shouldn't come from the pot of money that's already agreed on. Like it should come from the revenue of those games. I'm a bit, maybe the NRL should have more influence for the greater good of the international game and whether or not they're just backing themselves to to do that. But I've not heard that come from them. It's just been, we'll give the players equal play. I'd rather them come out and say, we're going to reinvent and and have this revolution of international rugby league. You've got to back us to do that. You've got to trust us to do that. But I haven't heard that. I'd I'd love for Volandis and Abdo to have more of a focus on on international rugby league. Mm. And if that means... You know, paying the payers equally. I don't care. 
Yeah. Like, I just want to see, I want to see, personally, see International Rugby League back on the map. Tonga are playing England at the end of the year in a series, but there's no calendar for Australia. No calendar for New Zealand. No ca- calendar for Samoa. One of the, the, the lines that's running hot at the moment is that it's the fans that are suffering, but also... Ricky Stewart had this to say about the majority of the players, which I don't know, it'd be interesting to get your guys' mm. opinion on whether you agree with him. I, I feel sorry for the players because I believe that if you spoke to 95% of the players, they wouldn't even know why they're not allowed to talk to the media. Um, I think they're being used and it's wrong because there's, there's young boys there that um, got no idea why, why it's there and um, I just think they're being used in this regard. So, yes, I think it is wrong, but our administration will uh, get to the core of it and Hopefully fix it. He thinks they're being used by not speaking to the media. Do you agree, Connor? No, I don't agree. I think that every player, and this is what I spoke to you guys about mm. like pre-show, I had a conversation with Tom Simons, who is working for the RLPA, and we spoke for like 40 minutes this morning and probably got through like eight of the big issues. But there's like a hundred of these little changes. Like I can give one, for example, which Tom told me about this morning, and because they can't go and get all players in a room for yeah. eight hours and go, this is all the things that we think are not right. Like there's ownership on the RLPA to look after that. That's why we employ them. That's why we pay these guys to to do that. To do that, yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, we'll get the players across the big issues, which is sweet. But like this one this morning is, so it's quite complicated, but basically. Well, then just shorten, uncomplicated. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and give it simply. But so over the five years... If, say, there's a profit four out of the five years, but one year, or not a profit, but like a, you know, revenue, there's there's revenue, yeah. but in one year, there's a loss, even though over the term of the five years, the game has made money, for that loss, to make up for the loss, the players have to put money in to cover it like we did in COVID. So, you know, how the game was running at a loss in COVID. So, you know, we took money out of our injury hardship fund yeah. and gave it to, to help cover it. And then eventually got to the point where it was so bad, it came out of our salaries. That's something that they want in there, even though over the five years, it could be in the green, but as long as there's one year in the red, we've got to cover that. So it wouldn't be covered from the profits no. generated from the previous years? No. Nah. Doesn't sound like it's like it's just like you know what I mean. It's so complicated, and it took me a while to get my head around it. And I don't even understand like why it's a thing. But this is the kind of stuff that they're dealing with. So trying to explain that to five hundred players, it just really wouldn't wouldn't work. So obviously the players aren't going to know every single thing. But we're all across the big issues, like the agreement rights, like I spoke to you about. They want to cut back on financial reporting. But do you remember what happened last year? They would, they, with the COVID, with the COVID payments, no. When they, the when the RLPA audited the NRL, they found twenty eight million more dollars that was owed to players. That was owed too. That the that the NRL didn't declare or didn't know of. Like all players, that's in the top squad. Yeah, twenty eight million. Twenty eight million. So they told us, I can't remember what the exact amount was, but okay, we were this much above um, forecast. So you guys are going to get this. So then the RLPA audited them and found twenty eight more million dollars in there. And like, it's frustrating because, you know, it's getting painted like, oh, we don't know like what we're talking about or, you know, we don't trust the NRL, we're not in, but how how can we trust them to do that when time and time again, they just find a way to undercut us or like when we had the RLPA meeting, they're they're in there hiding their phones recording what's going on. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's... 
that's why the RLPA are fighting so hard to get because we can't just give them the gray area because they will take that and and undercut us like they have done mm. time and time again and like you know the agreement rights we talk about remember years ago they just changed the six again rule without con- and that changed the how the whole game was played yeah i hate going on this rant but no, yeah, no, it's, no, fun. no it's good it, it, it's good because you you're, you're clearly one of the more knowledgeable players on the issue and you care mm. you, you care about it more, what might seem trivial for some is actually important and it's all important to, to for, for forecast for the future to think I'm confused about data rights I, I don't understand like I think we have far too much data or data as it's said over here in society but I know that they're important because why why would people fight over them why would why would we have data mining companies mm. why do you have to tick those agreements every time you go onto a website or get a new phone so players data that that's important and, and and these issues are important but the narrative at the moment is it's the fans that are being affected so Connor, greg i'm gonna ask you too are the fans being unfairly treated with this action and is this the right way to go about it i would say that yeah there's some fans who would would be upset by this and would care but then i've spoken to a lot of people and they're not really too fussed that the players aren't doing media we're still playing the games and we had to make a stand. We, we had to stand for something and we didn't want to boycott the whole NRL and, and, and stop all the games. But, you know, if it comes to that, the players would do that. But we, we had to make a stand at some point and stand up for something. And we found like that this was a sort of a happy medium where, you know, we're still playing the games. What were some, what were some of the, ex, the, the, the more extreme ideas? Well, like the biggest one was, yeah, not play. Yeah, not, not play. play. Like, yeah. But see, I wasn't in these meetings. Like, I, I'm not a RLPA. Yeah. See, see I, I play like a... Yeah, a delegate. Yeah, delegate. See, um, so I'm not in these meetings. I, but I, I do. I, do. I, I don't think it hurts the average fan mm. that much. I think what this affects fundamentally the broadcaster or the broadcasters yep. here, you know, at, at Triple M included. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, most people that comment on these issues work for broadcasters so they know that they're being affected by it could there have been a a better way to actually hit the intended target which is the nrl i think most fans support unions we're a working class game fundamentally and yes money's become involved some players will be multi-millionaires most won't there's a strong connection to the community and to the fans for their top for their top nrl stars strong connection to the community and I think a lot of fans can relate to players and players can relate to fans who are not that far removed yeah that said we were all fans yeah Yeah. so we're not that the players aren't that far removed I I think that argument I I, I don't agree with it affects the broadcasters but the the NRL are just I guess indirectly it affects the NRL because they've got the bosses of Fox 9 Triple M calling them up going what do you mean what's going on that's what's the, that. That's the indirect cause. But I just wonder if the RLPA could have come up with a a better means of attack to hit the the, the target directly, yeah. which would be the NRL. But I agree with you guys. I don't. Some fans it would, um, like most like most things that happen. Other fans will probably say it doesn't really bother them because you know they they are fans, they're proper fans, and they understand it. They've been probably been fans for a long time, nearly all their life. Those ones that are probably against it wouldn't have the knowledge around it 
if that makes sense. So they wouldn't understand it, the the nitty gritty of it all. Um, where if you just you know RLPA, Clinton Newton's coming out and you know sort of putting it on the surface, where you we're sitting here today and you're talking about the underlining um, effect of it. So I didn't know what was going on in the CBA negotiations or why our players are taking a stance, but after listening to this and understanding more, I. You know, I've got a better feeling for it. Um, but I'm with you, like, um, again, like, why now and why? Because. And uh, why yeah, well, against like, well, the against the um, media? Because yeah. it was like a take it or leave it offer from the NRL and they weren't willing okay. to negotiate anymore. So, oh, then, so they, they, they said this is it. This is it. They said this is it. So then that's why the RLPA are like, well, we need to take action because okay. these guys won't negotiate anymore. Well, that um, answered my question. Yeah. Man. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like no media, but there's also podcasts like this, like yours. A lot of players like have their own things going on. They're also doing like team media. So like team media commitments. Yeah. And back to my point before about the, you know, the players covering the loss. So that's on because the way they uh, we negotiated with the NRL was like the NRL wanted to secure the game's future. So basically worked out in the deal that, so up to 300 million, the NRL would keep so that that, that way they could go and whether it's get investment properties, whatever it is to, mm. to secure the game's future. And then after that is where the players get a share in the revenue. But even if we got up to like 250 million over the five years, but there was one year where there was a loss of 20 million, Mm. That's where the players are expected to cover it. So that was that thing that I'm that I was yeah. talking about before, yeah. is just it, to make it a bit clearer. Is it is it dangerous to bite off the hand that feeds in terms of attacking the the, the broadcasters? Like, are, are, are we are the players in danger of you know, a reaction from the broadcasters or or, or the NRL? Sorry, know. well, you know, like in terms of mm. uh, f- f- finding, you know, are you in breach of contract? Yeah, I can't answer that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I also, sorry, James, the thing about like the, so because this negotiation hasn't come to like a agreement yet. Mm. So you know how they do the rollover of the mm. CBA? Yeah. yeah. So this is the thing about like the pre-COVID. So because when we rolled this one over, we we're like in COVID, they wanted to roll over the COVID payments and like things for like, you know, retirement funds and injury hardship fund and what the, it dropped to. So it dropped to the COVID. It dropped to it with COVID. It was almost reinvented. Yeah. A, a, a partnership was entered to go, we're going to have to change the CBA in this final year yeah. because of this um, extreme event, which was COVID. Yeah. So they moved the goalpost south in yeah. terms of all um, markers for d- d- different markers uh, and, and, and different issues. And, different pots of money, et cetera, et cetera, all went down. Yeah. So they wanted to roll that over, not the pre-COVID levels, which the game financially in terms of revenue had returned to. Yes. Well, more. The game's made more money now than it ever has. And they want to continue to... So if this year, if we don't get the agreement done, then what they're saying is that all the, you know, those little bonuses that, you know, you get in your retirement fund will be at the COVID levels. But like, for example, we wanted to get the train and trial rate up to 1200 a week. The COVID was $1,000 a week. But there's like, there's guys in my team and people don't know this, but who train every day with us. But on days off, 
they can't afford to live in Sydney. So they're going on working. Like there's a couple, I'm not going to mention their names, but they go on the work site. <laughs> yeah. To get money, to be able to like afford to live. There was a few, few yeah. boys ourselves that did the same thing. You know, they'll think that train, train and trial was 800 bucks then. Yeah. 800 bucks for, for that week. And then it pushed up to mm. thousand by the time I retired. But like you said, they can't afford to live. How are they supposed to do it? So they go out and, they, you know, they're either working construction, working anything that they can make that extra money for them. Yeah, that's you know? the reality of it, isn't it? Yes, mm. it is. Yeah. Because, it, you know, they say, oh, but your minimum wage is going up. But there's not just 30 guys in the squad. Yeah. Like sometimes there's up Cast 40. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like, you know. So turn, up, turn up training and there's an extra 20 people. <laughs> it's like, where did you all come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> Oh, we're down here for trade and trial. My worry is is that the fight, and I, and I, I get taking action. I just, I just worry that taking action, which directly affects the broadcaster, which pays so much of the bills, and mm. then therefore indirectly affects the NRL. It should have been more of a target at, at the NRL. How would have you targeted them? That's a good question. Perhaps a covering of the badge. Not speak to NRL.com. Like cover cover all NRL logo on your jersey. Mm. Not, a bad and not speak to NRL.com. Mm. Give me some more time to think. I think these all of these things were brought up. Yeah. But they because of where it was at, take it or leave it. They thought we needed and to make it more of a more of an extreme statement. So because they've done that, we certainly don't want to get the the broadcasters offside. No, I don't think the fans w w will be offside with this, but we don't we don't want to mistreat them. And and I guess look, when I hear the words like spoken about, like this mistreats the fans. Look, I I can only speak for myself as a fan, but rugby league is pretty central to my life, and I know it's a soap opera. And this is all part of it. Mm. This is part of the soap opera. Does it make it better league. for the fans? Arguably. <laughs> Get back talking yeah. about that. Like, yeah, you know, everyone True. goes, oh, just, can we just focus on the footy? <laughs> like, are you BS? When do we you, ever when just do focus, we ever just when focus do we ever on the footy? <laughs> the soap opera's way better than the footy. <laughs> Some of the football that you see, you're like, this, you know, it's tough watching. <laughs> Mate, the soap opera's way better. Like, but then you look at all the all the reports of papers that come yeah. out <laughs> during the week. It's like, oh well, this play transfer. There's a lot yeah. going on here behind closed doors. Oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. Know? Like even for the, even for the broadcasters, this could be this is gold. They they, they should be <laughs> mining this gold. They should be getting everybody on arguing. Back yeah, there forth, should be like, some proper debates, I like, reckon. Who cares if a player comes off at half time? How's that first off? Yeah, good. <laughs> well, brilliant. Well, you know what <laughs> I didn't do. I'll credit to the boys. Yeah, yeah. You've took me on the I inside there. All about the boys. Yeah, yeah. as a credit to the boys. I love the boys. Like, no fans sitting at home going, I feel like I feel like I play for them. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm in the dressing room. But this, this is what I like. I, I genuinely think. I said this last night. I don't know how much you guys are into politics, but when they have like political debates and they have like two party members yeah. or like the lead candidate for like Labour and, and uh, Liberal. Liberal, yeah. You know, so they'll have those two on and they'll go to them on issues. You said there's a hundred issues, Connor. I reckon Abdo versus Newton. I'll mediate it. <laughs> hundred issues. Bang, you've got, like, put Let's them on go. the clock. Let's you go. can't tell me there's not TV show or, or a podcast or that a radio show in that. Mate, I'd be all over that. The the, the theatre, <laughs> the it, it's just all part of it. And 
maybe that's actually secretly they know this and it actually helps the broadcasters when they look at like all the clicks that they're going to get because it's a bit of a Still you know, the, the origin hangover you know it's you know we're not going to a decider that would have been great that would have built more interest in origin there's a bit of original finishing then we're going to go in a bit of a lull before we get to finals where it's all going to ramp up maybe this is the the little bit of a soap opera that we need just to keep selling. the game excited just selling oh. selling our round origin can I just Say a couple more things. Yes. <laughs> yes, you may. Permission granted. Um, just to like basically wrap it all up, I think that, you know how you spoke before about the NRL having like control over we, where we spend our money? Yeah. Yeah. All of this stuff is really about control. Like we've spoken about, it's not um, money. Like that's already agreed upon. It's like how we spend our money, how we allocate our funds, them having control over the game and not consulting the players on it. and. You know, one thing that I personally think that with the spending of the funds is because if we can't allocate like more money to the RLPAs, the players, then the game has more control over us. So like this whole thing is about control, you know, we're partners in the game. We just want to be able to, you know, speak about the issues that affect us and, and have decisions on that and decide where we spend our money. Cause that's not the NRL's money. Like that's where our money goes. And we have a board people that we've put on the board, you know, people that we've hired to, to make these decisions for us and we trust them. So yeah, hopefully that the NRL can, you know, come to the table and we're trying to get a media mediator on board and let's get this show back on the road. All right. Well, just like neighbors and Homer and away, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Forty Talk, everybody. James Graham, Greg Inglis, and Connor Watson. Lads, the sacking of Justin Holbrook has come with quite the consequence with arguably two of the Titans' best players in Tino Fa'asu Malaawe and David Fafita mm. having the clause in their deal that if Justin Holbrook is sacked, they are free to negotiate for, I believe, a period of three months. You guys ever had any clauses like this, GI? I imagine you'd be caused up to the nines. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there was a few clauses in... In my contract, you know, saying I was obviously the one where went going to South. You know, if that coach was to move on before I got there, well, then, you know, I, I can still be on the market. But that's about it, as much as I did with it. There's other incentives and other things in my contract with clauses, but that one with, with, <laughs> that one with players, coaches, that's the only one that I can, you know, that's ever a come lot, across. A lot of those Things no, in your no. deal would not have been wrote in, would they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, but then again, like um, them two boys would have a really good relationship with with Justin Holbrook. You know, they they've been there under him for a number of years now, so they would have had that in their contract to start off with when they resign. I, I think it's a good way to have that clause because if you have a good relationship with your coach or the assistant coaches, coaching staff in general. But the head coach, if you have a good relationship with, with them, well, then you, of course you're going to go to work and turn up and train and turn up and play like these two boys have. So, you know, if you're not really getting along with the coach, well, then it's not fun, is it? It's not enjoyable to mm. be in that environment at all. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Connor, but you're already out the door, so <laughs> 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 who knows, man? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, like, again, it's coming back to that, Relationship, you know, the relationship that I have with Craig goes back to when I was 16. And I spoke on here before, he's, you know, he's one of a kind. He's always been a great mentor, father figure to me. 
for him not to sign those papers, you know, that, that would have been tough for him. Um, but I'll tell you what, it was, it was a lot tougher for me to go ask him. Who was the South coach? Uh, Justin Lang. Yeah. Justin Lang was the coach at the time. And, and I wanted to go there. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to go there to be coached by him, you know. And obviously that didn't work out. And then Madge came on board, Michael Maguire. Did, it wasn't in the contract like when he – No. 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 It was just before. Yeah, See, it was just before. The, the, for me, the, this – or for, for these two individuals, it just – when they negotiate, negotiated this deal, it just gives them more power, which if they can argue for and they can get, then then, then good luck to them. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They're already on good money. If you look at the trajectory of the Titans, it's going up. They've bought in arguably a better coach. One with more experience, one yeah. with more. You uh, won a couple of premierships at Manly. He has a history of turning teams in similar to positions as the Titans into genuine top four premiership contenders. So I think they'll need to be sold the club again, but that I think they'll be successful in this. I don't like many clauses. I don't like. I don't like these types of clauses. You, yes, you're playing for the coach, and a, and a certain coach mm. can get the best out of you. But fundamentally, then. If you're a really good coach, you don't need your player to put one of these in. No, you Be- Bellamy would never have one because no. he wouldn't need he wouldn't need one. You, yeah. you, if, and Wayne Bennett probably wouldn't have one because he probably wouldn't need one. So the really good coaches, you don't need it. And mm. um, I just think this is a bit of a ploy for players to get more power. I I don't like player options. I don't like club options. And know. you can get out of them pretty contracts pretty easily yeah. these days. These so. days, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you reckon they will have to offer them more money to stay? What do you reckon? I'll just, uh, I, I don't know if it's oh. necessarily. It wouldn't be about the money, would or just, it? Now? Like their contract pro- won't change, right? Because it'll I just can't, be, yeah. can't imagine it. It'll just be you, you either, you're free to negotiate for a period of three months. And I guess uh, it, it just gets, okay, we'll say if Club X come in and offer them a, a ton of load more money. Well, they were already would have been offered high paychecks to leave anyway. So I, don't, I can't see a club offering more than what they would have done the last time they were both available anyway. Well, when and they, then the Titans come back to the party and then increase their pay, well, they're already paying them. He, yeah. yeah. Well, when these Good two cash. boys left, they left like powerhouse clubs. Uh, yeah. Fafita, Brisbane. Tino, Melbourne. So they've gone up there and then obviously made a name for themselves. Tino's captain of the Titans. Would this have anything to do with the CBA, with what's going on like right now, Connor? Like would that have any effect with them going out to open market or is that like total separate or is that still one of those hundred things that's on the agenda? <sighs> nah, I think it's, uh, I think that's all like the cap and stuff yeah. sort, sorted for what it, what it is. So nah, but like, yeah, it's quite like huge that they're free agents because they're yeah. both mm. two stars of the they're game. Gonna, so, gonna, look, yeah. they, even when they were off contract, they would have had plenty of people knocking on the door, but I guess sometimes these extreme situations pop up and clubs are desperate. Like a lot of clubs at the minute are in that desperate boat and good quality middle forwards, like arguably, you know, he'd be top five middle forwards, mm. Tino. Yeah. Like you come you come knocking. Since then being up there, like having a look at him, Fafita's having a breakout oh, he's season. A, he's, he's outstanding. He's playing you know, he's so gone well. back to when he first yeah. came in. Tino's just leading the charge from, and like you said, he's in the top five um, forwards in the game. So we, it seems like they're really happy to enjoy themselves. I hope they stay at the Titans um, because they can actually build that club, just them two together and build yeah, a team like around them. They're in a good spot, yeah. the Titans, like mm. moving forward. I just hope they just stay there. Yeah, well, of course players want to go out and see, oh, what's my price tag? I'm hoping that they both stay for the sake of Titans. 
because they look happy and they're playing yeah. outstanding footy. There's a, there's a club that I reckon probably that weren't expected to be in the position that they are now, which is the Roosters, where they might look at this and go, we need to go and land one of these two. More money under the table at <laughs> Roosters, is it, Connor? Oh. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I think mm. they're, they're, that's probably the biggest shift in the situation from last time they were off contract where a club like the Roosters would have thought they were set, not anticipating this, this. Yeah. situation to, to be in in terms of where they are at the league position and not being able to get the victories that they would have gone into a, I reckon the recruitment meeting would have been like, okay, how do we get one of these two? Are these one of these two part of the solution? And if so, how do we land Tino yeah. or Fafita? They're pretty crazy. Mm. Also, another team like the Dogs, the Tigers, the Dragons. I don't know if the Dragons have the salary cap space mm. available for, for next season, but I know the Tigers and the Dogs do. And we time pressure and outlying situations like this can can make some some crazy offers come. Goes back on what you were saying before, Jimmy. Uh, soap opera, watch the space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Just going back around and, you know, the media's got to write, write about something now, don't they? Well, <laughs> the, the soap operas. <laughs> talk it, about. It, well, you know, you know, they get the recurring themes. It's like, you know, soap opera, you're like, have I seen this storyline before? <laughs> it's kind of like that every origin season. You know, like it's like, oh, here's a bolter. It's like, here's your top five bolters. It it's like, I've so I read this before. Mm, or, the same this, article this club, they just changed the yeah, names. Yeah. Oh, this this club <laughs> this club's not happy games. about Origin being played mid-season. Like, have I? Oh, it's been. Am I getting years. deja vu here? Oh no, they've just changed the actor. <laughs> ah, that's what it is. All right, well that just about wraps us up for Footy Talk. We'll catch you next week.